Take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you dry it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth. Hey! Spanning the continent to bring you the truth about cannabis and marijuana law reform. I smoke pot and I like it a lot. CannabisRadio.com presents the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation. Hey, this is great, man. Now, here's your host, Radical Russ Belleville. Good day, tokers and toquettes and non-toking lovers of liberty. It is Thursday, September 22nd, 2016, and it's got to be 420 somewhere in the world. Thanks for joining us today. I am so excited about today's show. I can hardly keep sitting still. Oh, I was up late last night as I got word from my friends out in Boston about uh, a uh, event being held at uh, the Edward M. Kennedy Center in Boston and uh, on TV with WGBH, the uh, public uh, broadcaster there in Boston. Uh, Our friend Madeline Martinez appeared on the panel, and she's been telling me about this appearance for months, but I had no idea that Kevin Sabet, the opponent of marijuana legalization, the joker to buy Batman, would be there as well. Of course, I should have just uh, assumed that, you know, because wherever there is legalization, Sabet will be there to propagandize against it. Well, the folks in Boston let me know that uh, Sabet uh, held forth uh, a couple of bags of candy and claimed one of them was medicated, one of them wasn't, and the audience, he dared them to tell the difference. He twice stated that one of them was medicated and one of them was not. And uh, we'll tell you what has unfolded since that occurred. Uh, It's been a whirlwind story. I was up all late last night uh, getting it all put together on weednews.co if you want some of the details. The full video is there as well. I'll be bringing you the audio clips coming up here in the Radical Rant at the end of this first hour where we tell you how Kevin Sabet's marijuana gummy bear propaganda stunt backfired stupendously. Also on today's show, it's Thursday, and that means we speak with a retired law enforcement professional from Cops Say Legalized Drugs. That's Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, our Cops Say Legalized Drugs segment. And today we're joined by a local retired deputy sheriff, Paul Steigletter, who was a former Clackamas County Sheriff. That's just south of me here in Portland. So we'll talk to him about Oregon's marijuana legalization and uh, what he sees is happening uh, in law enforcement in reaction to that. So that's coming up at half past. Also on the show today in drug war data mining, more polls coming out. A couple of good polls that bode well for California's Proposition 64 and Nevada's uh, question two, I think it is, uh, initiative two, whatever they're calling it. We'll bring the details to you in drug war data mining. Before that, we've got our behind the headlines segment where we take a look here at the state of Oregon, where new regulations concerning cannabis testing are about to go into effect that could create a major pinch point in the industry and lead to a drastic raise in prices. We'll give you the details. And that comes up right after our Cannabis Radio News. And in the news today, we've got new economic forecasts on what the new legal states in this election could bring in 
marijuana revenue by 2020. We've also got a look at Michigan, where new medical marijuana laws have been signed by the governor. In Arkansas, one of the suits trying to defeat medical marijuana on the ballot there has been rejected. We'll give you the details. In Missouri, a rejection of medical marijuana on the ballot there comes with a little bit of a silver lining from the Secretary of State. In Washington, D.C., the mayor wants to increase medical marijuana limits. And in Phoenix, Arizona, a couple of cops under investigation for mistreating a teenage marijuana consumer. All that coming up in Hour 1, and then stay tuned for Hour 2, Toker Talk Radio, where we've got a special exclusive guest joining us in the first segment, Dr. Keith Saunders from MassCan Normal, the hero of the Kevin Sabet gummy bear story, will be joining us live uh, to give us all the latest details. We'll also talk a little bit about Fox News noticing the stoners against legalization in California and give you a preview of the International Cannabis Business Conference in Vancouver. Stay tuned. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Earn your Ph.D. in THC monetization with CannabisRadio.com. Don't be late. While the feds and state are doing their dance, you still need to transact business and manage your cash. Go professional and let your customers pay with PayQuick. They pay you and they earn rewards points. PayQuick connects to your bank account for free and secures all of your transactions. And with PayQuick, you can pay your producers and processors for free. Plus, it pays to have it because it makes depositing your cash safe and so easy. No cops, no crooks, just compliance and comfort, knowing you have your cannabis business in check with PayQuick. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. Tommy Chong Show on cannabis radio you know about this podcast what i really want to do from now on is to solve world problems i feel like my job is to calm everybody down and focus on how we can save this planet the tommy chung podcast only on cannabisradio.com welcome to my world warning Hits taken on this show are larger than they appear. Do not try this at home. These people are professionals. Or at least they pay me to say that. A public service message from CannabisRadio.com and the Russ Belleville Show. At Herbie's Cannabis Seeds, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best quality seeds from the world's most respected cannabis seed producers, all at the lowest online prices. You can find Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. All cannabis seeds are sold as souvenirs and as a means of preserving cannabis genetics. Herbie's Seeds in no way intends to condone, promote, or incite the use of illegal or controlled substances. We strongly urge all prospective customers to check their national laws prior to placing an order. Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. Proud sponsors of The Russ Belville Show and 420 Radio. It's time for the Cannabis Radio News. Covering the latest headlines in consumer cannabis, medical marijuana, and industrial hemp. Cannabis Radio News is now available exclusively at CannabisRadio.com. Now your marijuana headlines in 4 minutes and 20 seconds. This is Cannabis Radio News. This is your Cannabis Radio News for Thursday, September 22nd, 2016. 
New economic forecasts from marijuana industry analysts predict that success in seven state ballot initiatives will create another $7.8 billion in revenue by 2020. The Denver Post reports that ArcView Group and New Frontier Data have released their mid-year update to their report, The State of Legal Marijuana Markets. California alone, according to the report, will account for $3.9 billion of that additional revenue. Nationwide, they predict all the legal and medical states will account for $20.6 billion by 2020. Previous estimates of $22.7 billion were revised downward as analysts gathered more accurate data, reflecting slow sales in Illinois and New York and new regulations affecting cannabis business profitability. Michigan's Governor Rick Snyder has signed a trio of bills designed to clarify and expand the state's medical marijuana program. The Detroit News reports that the new laws will explicitly allow for storefront medical marijuana dispensaries subject to local approval. New licenses and regulations governing the industry from grower to processor to tester to transporter are established in the bills, including a seed-to-sale tracking system. Marijuana-infused edibles are explicitly made legal, clearing up a legal gray area made murky by numerous court rulings. A new 3% dispensary tax and the state's 6% sales tax will apply to medical marijuana purchases. Analysts estimate those taxes combined may raise over $85 million annually. The Arkansas Supreme Court rejected a last-ditch effort by opponents of marijuana reform to sink a medical marijuana initiative in the state, but two other suits remain. Arkansans Against Legalized Marijuana, a coalition that includes the State Chamber of Commerce and the Arkansas Farm Bureau, asked the court to deny counting the votes for the measure because it was misleading to the voters. Justice Josephine Linker Hart, penning the court's rejection of the claim, said the measure gave voters, quote, a fair understanding of the issues presented, end quote. Arkansas has two measures for medical marijuana on the ballot, Issue 6 and Issue 7, but Issue 7 allows for home cannabis cultivation by patients, while Issue 6 does not. Issue 7 was spared in yesterday's ruling, but both measures each still face a legal challenge. The same coalition rejected today on Issue 7 is making a similar claim against Issue 6, while a normal attorney is behind the remaining suit against Issue 7. Missouri Secretary of State Jason Kander issued the bad news that activists pushing a medical marijuana initiative fell just 23 signatures short of making the ballot. But within his declaration was a glimmer of hope for patients as Kander became the top elected official in the Show Me State to endorse the legalization of cannabis for medical use. In a statement, Kander said that, quote, the Missouri General Assembly should pass legislation to allow medical marijuana, end quote. Kander alludes to the new approach Missouri activists who are determined to try again in 2018, then asks that if the legislature won't submit a medical marijuana bill, quote, they should at least put the measure on the ballot themselves in 2018 to give Missouri voters the opportunity to decide on this issue, end quote. Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser wants to double the amount of medical marijuana that qualified city residents can buy each month. Bowser announced Wednesday that she will propose allowing patients to buy four ounces of pot a month rather than two ounces. The regulatory change requires approval by the D.C. Council. Possession of up to two ounces of pot for recreational use is also legal in the city, and residents are permitted to grow up to three mature plants in their homes. Two Phoenix police officers are under investigation for allegedly forcing a teenager to eat his marijuana or go to jail. 
The Arizona Republic reports that a 19-year-old man filed a complaint after numerous officers had pulled him over for a traffic stop. When marijuana was found by officers searching the vehicle, the man claims the police offered him the ultimatum and he complied, eating his stash of marijuana and receiving only tickets for the traffic violations. Police Chief Joe Yonner in a statement said he was, quote, appalled by the allegations and if they are proven, he will, quote, take quick and appropriate action to ensure those involved are held accountable, end quote. This has been your Cannabis Radio News for Thursday, September 22nd, 2016. I'm Russ Belville. Forwarding the cause of legalization and research of the growing cannabis industry, one podcast at a time. The Cannabis Radio Network. The cannabis industry is growing. Business is booming. And as new opportunities arise in newly legalized states, each market is getting more competitive. Today, it takes more than just being a good grower. Do you have the resources to market and handle this ever-changing business landscape? Let Canna Management Corporation help you grow your Canna business with our vast resources and experience to make your business a fully functional service company. Financial management, HR, sales, marketing, efficiency, and more. CMC has the experience and the expertise to improve your business and help you better meet the demands of your clients and customers. Call Canna Management Corporation and let our team get you ready to grow. 415-269-8015. That's 415-269-8015. Or visit canna-management.com. Georgia. Hi, this is Willie Nelson. Alcohol prohibition didn't work in the 1920s, and marijuana prohibition isn't working today. It's time we stopped arresting responsible marijuana smokers. It's the fair thing to do. For more information, contact Normal, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Call toll-free 888-67-NORML or visit their website at norml.org. Marijuana is not addictive. But listening to the Russ Belleville Show is. Marijuana legalization is a worldwide phenomenon. Get yourself positioned for the global cannabis marketplace by attending the International Cannabis Business Conference in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. You'll learn from established cannabis professionals, elected officials, and internationally recognized marijuana law reform activists. You'll also enjoy the ICBC's famous VIP party featuring ICBC special guest speaker and Canadian native Tommy Chong. The ICBC is happening in Vancouver on Thursday and Friday, October 13th and 14th at the Hyatt Regency. Log on to internationalcbc.com today to reserve your tickets. That's internationalcbc.com and bookmark our page for the next ICBCs taking place in Berlin, Germany and San Francisco, California. Don't miss the International Cannabis Business Conference, internationalcbc.com. The world of cannabis is evolving at a frenetic pace. The Russ Belleville Show gets behind the headlines to take a deeper look at breaking news in our cannabis focus. Today in the Cannabis Focus, we take a look right here at my home state of Oregon, where marijuana legalization is proceeding swimmingly. I was on the phone today with uh, the pot beat reporter from the Oregonian, Noelle Crombie, and she is preparing a story on how this October 1st, just a few days away, 
we are celebrating our first anniversary here in Oregon of legal recreational marijuana sales. And I told Noel my feelings on the issue that I think everything has gone swimmingly. It's gone great. Oregon's done a fantastic job in uh, getting sales happening quickly in this state. And the prices here in the state are fantastic. So I had nothing but great things to say about how the state of Oregon is running the marijuana legalization uh, implementation. And then I remembered there's a big disaster waiting in the wings for us come this October here in Oregon. It's reported in the Potlander, the uh, Willamette Weeks cannabis-focused news section, uh, wweek.com. And it tells us that Oregon cannabis is headed for a tough month because of an obscure agency and strict new rules. What's happening here is the... Oregon, what's it called? The Oregon Environmental Laboratory Accreditation Program, or known as ORLAP, is severely understaffed and underfunded. Back in August, the administrator of ORLAP sent a memo out saying they were on the precipice of collapse. And the problem here is that the Oregon Health Authority, which covers the regulations for cannabis products uh, currently because they're all medical cannabis pro- products at this point. We don't have our uh, our grows recreational in the stores up yet. But anyway, Oregon Health Authority has decided that any cannabis products transferred to shops must be tested through approved labs verified by Orlap. Problem is there's only two labs that have been approved for the whole damn state. And we've got thousands of growers trying to get all their product through these two labs. Now, Orlap is a small agency, and they've got other things to do besides dealing with cannabis when it comes to testing and and certifying accuracy of testing. We've had some problems with uh, air pollution, they've had to deal with recently we've had a a lead in our schools uh drinking water uh issue that has uh happened over the past couple of months that's gotten a lot of attention so when oha said on october 1st that's your deadline labs have to be certified they didn't bother to give orlap any more resources he requested a ward the administrator requested three full-time employees just to handle the cannabis accreditation And they gave him nobody. So all these labs have to be audited. They have to have extra inspections. They have to make improvements to meet the ORLAP requirements. And OHA has made more stringent requirements from the labs. Uh, There's more sampling that has to be done. Uh, Each strain has to have a different test. Uh, uh, They have to have a new test for every batch of 10 pounds. You know, every 10 pounds, you got to do a test. So it's already, uh, we've already got somewhat of a bottleneck with just two accredited labs. Now we're going to add to that bottleneck by slowing down the process overall by creating more requirements. And we've got more and more growers coming online and more and more recreational consumers. And we are getting to what we call croptober here in the West Coast. Uh, All of the sun-grown cannabis now is getting harvested between now and the middle of October. And uh, 
this is going to be a big glut that's going to be hitting the market anyway. And now we've got this pinch point at the uh, testing labs. So all is rosy here in Oregon for now. But once we hit uh, once we hit October, we might start to see some of the product coming off of the shelves and less selection and price increases because of this problem. Oregon, come on, let's get some more people at the Orlap so we can get our cannabis tested. Get a life, will you, people? I mean, for crying out loud, it's it's just a TV show. That sound means that it's 4.20 in the mountain time zone. Happy 4.20 to our friends in, um, I don't know, how about Saskatchewan? Is that the mountain time zone? I'm reaching here when I get to the Canadian provinces, aren't I? Well, we got to take a safety meeting, make sure that we're all safe. You know what I mean. We'll be back with some drug war data mining polls from California and Nevada. Next to THC and CBD, you can now add CBR to your cannabis vernacular. CBR as in CannabisRadio.com. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. I'm Radical Russ from the Russ Belleville Show. Good day, everybody. Radical Russ here in Aspen, Colorado at the Alaska Northwest Cannabis Classic at the 26th Annual Boston Freedom Rally at the High Times Cannabis Cup Northern California. Day one of Canacon in Seattle, Washington. It's the Russ Belleville Show, the NPR of POT, weekdays live at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific, exclusively on CannabisRadio.com. You're listening to Radical Russ on the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is proudly sponsored by the Marijuana Business Association. The MJBA, called by NBC News the Cannabis Chamber of Commerce, is the fastest growing business association in the fastest growing industry in America. I've been working with the MJBA for years and I personally invite you to join the MJBA. MJBA also publishes the popular MJ Headline News on Facebook and the MJNewsNetwork.com and Marijuana Channel 1 on YouTube. Visit MJBA.net for more details. Promoting the end of adult cannabis prohibition is easy because we have facts, science, reason, compassion, evidence, truth, and logic on our side. It's even easier when researchers catalog it all for us. Learn how to gather the facts on marijuana use, arrests, seizures, rehabs, drug tests, and more on this edition of Drug War Data Mining. Today in the Drug War Data Mines, we take a look forward to Marijuana Election Night 2016. We'll be bringing you live coverage here on CannabisRadio.com starting at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern. We're going for six hours as the polls close all across the time zones of the continental U.S. And as we look forward, we are taking a look at the polls, the public opinion polls, the latest ones that have come out 
on the various marijuana legalization measures out there. And we've got the Public Policy Institute of California, which has come out with its uh, latest survey. Uh, Lots of questions on this one. They're asking about uh, the presidential race, numerous California propositions. And, of course, the uh, uh, Proposition 64 is on the ballot for the legalization of marijuana. And this latest poll from uh, PPIC asks a few questions. And the first one that they get to is whether or not people support uh, the marijuana legalization amendment, Prop 64, that is on the ballot. And the good news here is that we've got a full 60% of California voters that were surveyed in this poll in support of Prop 64. Uh, Some fantastic news there. And uh, as we look deeper into the numbers, we can give just some more details here. 60% of likely voters, 65% of Democrats, 64% of independents supporting Prop 64. Republicans, 52% are opposed with 46% supporting And uh, this is great news. Uh, We've seen similar polls coming out uh, recently, one that showed 58% support for Prop 64. It's increasingly looking like that uh, poll that uh, uh, Kevin Sabet and the Stoners Against Legalization crowed about, the one showing just 52% in California, seems to be an outlier as more and more information, more and more polls are coming out here uh, regarding the marijuana legalization question. Looking at some of the crosstabs, They also asked uh, some more generic questions. Uh, They asked, in general, do you think that uh, marijuana legalization, there should be uh, marijuana legalization in uh, California? And on that account, the people were 56% for legality, 42% not legal. Uh, But when you went to likely voters, that's where we get the 61 support, 37 oppose. Uh, Looking at the regions of California, Prop 64 is supported uh, by majorities in the Central Valley, San Francisco Bay Area, and surprisingly, Orange County and San Diego at 53%. However, Los Angeles and the Inland Empire are sitting at just 50% support, with Inland Empire clocking in at 49% opposition. Men support legalization at almost a two-to-one margin, uh, 63% among males, only 49%, evenly divided among females, 49 to 49, opposition and support for Prop 64 in California. Again, that gender gap that we always see between men and women rearing its ugly head. Uh, Among ethnic groups and races, African Americans, 80% support in California, 56% among Asians, but Latinos oppose it with 59%. Whites are at 66% support. Age groups, as you'd expect, everybody below the age of 55 supports it. Above age 55, support is split. And uh, these numbers, like I said, bode well for the marijuana legalization initiative happening in the state of California. They also asked if people had ever actually tried marijuana in the past year. Uh, or throughout their lifetime, uh, 54% of the adults uh, said they had not tried marijuana, 49% of the likely voters. So we have a situation where 51% of likely voters in California have tried marijuana in their lifetime. 
Now, that's not the only poll that we've gotten out. Of course, we're all excited about California being the big prize on the ballot. But nearby in Nevada, a new poll out of KTNV Television in Las Vegas, uh, combined with Rasmussen Reports, finds a majority supporting marijuana legalization. Uh, Question two, as it is known on the ballot in Nevada, gains a 53% to 39% margin of support. So looking good in Nevada with uh, opposition not even topping 40% in this uh, poll. This is a modest increase uh, since the last poll back in July, which had Nevada at 50 to 41. So opposition has declined two points. Support has increased three points. And according to uh, 538, the political website, Rasmussen pollsters tend to tilt Republican. So those numbers could even be a little bit low on the uh, support. The question was specifically, do they favor or oppose the legalization of marijuana for recreational use in Nevada if it is regulated and taxed like alcohol and cigarettes? Again, the same uh, demographics are at play. Uh, Younger people, Democrats more likely to support older people over 65 and Republicans more likely to oppose. The uh, opponents are uh, being outspent in this election uh, in Nevada, and the the spokesperson for the yes on question two says the uh, results they've gotten in this poll are pretty consistent with other polls, internal and external, that they've seen throughout the state. There's a new group in uh, Nevada, Protecting Nevada's Children. Uh, A spokesperson for the group, Pat Hickey, who's on the Nevada State Board of Education, says that the uh, poll is flawed and the measure will be defeated. He says, uh, our opponents have spent nearly $1 million and can barely achieve a majority. Protecting Nevada's Children has been operational for less than a week, and we've gotten tremendous support. Cops Say Legalized Drugs segment is up next with a former Clackamas County Sheriff from right here in Oregon, Paul Steiglater, joining us. Stay tuned. We're back in just a couple of minutes. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Keep your cannabis cravings under control. Feed your mind with CannabisRadio.com. Dr. Dabber, hurry. Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's order. Less heat, (laughs) more flavor. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. You're not high. 
You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Each year on my birthday, every American gets a cupcake. Okay. Maybe you're high, too. Coming soon to a city near you, Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. Get all your cannabis accounting, legal, and compliance questions answered by their knowledgeable panel of industry experts who want to help your cannabis boom. Whether you're a grower, dispensary operator, or a newcomer to the field, your cannabis needs Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. For information on upcoming events, visit CannabisFinanceBootCamp.com. One of the most disturbing elements of the Prohibition War is how it's made police the enemy of otherwise law-abiding cannabis consumers. Fortunately, one group of police officers knows the futility of Prohibition reaches out to educate the community and current law enforcement. Today, the Russ Belleville Show visits with another speaker from Law Enforcement Against Prohibition with one clear message. Cops say legalize drugs. Welcome back, everyone. 32 after the hour. And joining us today for our Cops Say Legalize Drug segment, sponsored by Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, We've got retired deputy sheriff from nearby Clackamas County, Oregon. It's Paul Steigleiter joining us. And, and Paul, I apologize if I butchered your name, but welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Thank you, Russ. Uh, it's good to be on. How, how exactly do I pronounce your name? Um, Steigleiter. Steig letter. Okay. Just like it's just like it's spelled, of course. Uh, thanks for joining us here yeah, on the sure. show. And uh, could you uh, tell our listeners real quick, just a, a brief background in law enforcement, your, your career, where you started and how long you served? Um, over 30 years as a, uh, as a law enforcement officer, I started with Clackamas County, worked my way up from a, a cadet to eventually the, the rank of lieutenant, uh, retired in uh, August of 2012, and like I said, I had a uh, over 30-year career. Spent a lot of time um, as a uh, sometimes as a dare instructor, which is a drug abuse resistance education officer, and then as well as a, a DRE, which is a, a drug uh, recognition expert. So I was working uh, hands-on with uh, a lot of folks that were in crisis uh, from. Um, use of uh, controlled substances. Hmm. This, uh, this gives us a lot to talk about. With an over 30-year career, that puts you getting involved right smack dab in the middle of the Reagan administration and the height of the just say no era. And you mentioned your experience uh, as a D.A.R.E. instructor. And looking back at that now, uh, how do you feel about your work that you did as, as a cop going into schools and trying to teach kids and show kids drugs? Um, I think that, that it was a, a good program, and what, it's, what, what it was trying to do was, was it was trying to use peer pressure for kids to stay away from, from drugs. And there has been some competing programs out there. Um, I know for a fact that I made a difference in some kids' lives because they contacted me later and said, hey, thank you for the information you gave me. It allowed me to stay drug-free, and now I've got X career. So I know I made a difference. Programs like that are targeted 
at children or minors so that they can make an informed decision as to whether or not they want to stay away from the use of drugs. Well, uh, over the years, there's been numerous studies on DARE and its effectiveness, uh, with uh, many of them showing it to be either no different than not having DARE or even in some cases detrimental, where the kids who had no idea about drugs are suddenly their, their curiosity is stoked by the cop who shows up with the first batch of, hey, look at all these illegal drugs. Uh, have you followed any of that research? Do you still stand by DARE? Is it something you think we need to continue having cops educating kids about drugs rather than educators or, or health professionals? Well, I think that there were a couple of benefits of, of the DARE program. And you've got, you've got science on both sides of the issue, saying it works or it doesn't work. And there, there were some competing programs. Um, and unfortunately, one was trying to discredit the other. I, from and, and I'm just talking from my own experience. Sure. I, I know that that I had success in that program, and we didn't really bring a bunch of drugs into the class and show the kids. What we did is we talked about the effects of of the drugs, and we didn't do it um, like uh, scared straight, and we didn't do it like Weaver Madness. We just wanted to educate the kids of the potentials of the negative impact on a child and the the negative impact on a developing human being and from that standpoint i don't think we could have that we could have done anything wrong um and i think that i personally think that we made a difference there are obviously some folks out there that that don't think that we did some of the um i think that anytime we could get into a classroom and and put a police officer into a positive role uh, and the interaction within the community, that was a great thing. And so you say that it was, that when I started, it was right smack dab in the middle of uh, Reagan's and, and, and the, the ramping up on the war on drugs. That, that is true. And, but at that time we were still in the schools and we were still a positive role, um, a role model for the kids we weren't this up armored robocop image that unfortunately we are faced with today. Mm. And in my own humble opinion, I think that a lot of the divide between the police and our community that we serve is an outgrowth and a direct re- result of that ramping up of the war on drugs that started with president Nixon, but then obviously got accelerated when, when president Reagan, threw a whole bunch of money and, and ideas, flawed ideas at the at the uh, the issue of the dependence um, on on uh, drugs within the the end user. So the, there was this perception that there's this huge drug problem, and we gotta we gotta solve it by this war on drugs, and that's not the way to solve this problem. We're speaking with retired Deputy Sheriff Paul Steigletter from Clackamas County, Oregon, a 30-year veteran of law enforcement. And it's fascinating to me, you, you, you had this experience as a D.A.R.E. cop, and now 30 years later, you're with law enforcement against prohibition, advocating for legalization of not just marijuana like we have here in Oregon, but uh, of all drugs at some level. And take us through that journey. What Were there a series of epiphanies that happened? Was it just the, the grinding experience of the drug war finally got you down, or, or what made you change? Well, a little of both of those, Russ. Um, so here in Oregon, we uh, decriminalized uh, 
small amounts, uh, less than an ounce of marijuana. Uh, we were one of the first states to do that. And so kind of being a, um, a libertarian at heart, but following the laws that are in existence, my, my personal beliefs throughout my life have been what somebody does in the privacy of their own home, as long as you're a consenting adult and you're not hurting anybody else, Godspeed. So over the, over the years, yeah, I worked with the D.A.R.E. program and tried to, um, tried to Im- make an impact there. My own personal experience was I was exposed to, um, to substances as a young child, and I think that, that I had to deal with those issues throughout my life. Well, if I could prevent somebody else from having to walk in my shoes, I was I was think I was doing the right thing. So we've got these these programs out there that that I started taking part in, and I started I started looking at when I came on as a deputy sheriff, we wore cowboy hats and and we wore boots and we we carried a six shooter, <laughs> and then we we started to see this up armament because we heard these rumors that the cartels were coming the cartels were coming and they're bringing fully automatic automatic weapons and so we need to weaponize our, our police force Russ, if we would have had legal drugs way back in the day for personal use just the individual adult who wants to take part in in any substance that's now legal under this 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 panacea that I'm talking about we wouldn't be in the in the position that we're at right now. We wouldn't have seen the cartels making the obscene profit, profits that they're making. We wouldn't have seen the the different countries throughout the world that have been impacted by our war on drugs. And so we could have made a difference. We could have made a difference way back in the day by legalizing drugs. We have the opportunity now as a country to look at 25 other, at least 25 other self-respecting countries and our neighbor to the north. Are, they're, they're taking huge leaps in, in the regard of this isn't a criminal action. If somebody's using a controlled substance and they're over 21, you know, they're over the, the age of majority, and they're doing it in their own home and they're not hurting anybody, no harm, no foul. If they come in contact with the police, it's because they're usually in a crisis situation. And so instead of criminalizing that behavior and just treating it as a social ill or as a public health issue, we're going to be a lot further ahead on the game. We are uh, here in Oregon. We're we're nine days away from the first anniversary of our uh, first legal marijuana sales. Uh, From your perspective, how has legalization unfolded in Oregon? Is it is it what you would hope? Do you see problems that weren't expected? Russ, the sky didn't fall. (laughs) You know, the the sky didn't fall. It's amazing. So I, I am excited about where we are going here in the state of Oregon. We're taking baby steps in the right direction. There has not been the, any significant problems with uh, the legalization of marijuana. My concern is that there are municipalities out there that are choosing to um, take steps that potentially can create a gray market. Now, if, if, if a municipality wants to enact their own taxes, then you know, they can comply with the law and they can get their own tax base going uh, for the sale and production and, and manufacture of, of marijuana. Uh, so that, that's great if they want to do that. But to just say we aren't going to allow the sale, we aren't going to allow the production, we aren't going to allow the distribution, 
they're creating a gray market. And what I mean by that, Russ, is that all of a sudden, if you have a green thumb and you're growing the amount that you can lawfully grow in the state of Oregon, and your neighbor down the street has a black thumb and he can't grow, but he has to drive three counties over to pick up his legal marijuana, what's going to happen? He's going to talk to his neighbor. What's going to happen, Russ? <laughs> He's going to talk to his neighbor. Exactly. He's going to talk to his neighbor, and then his neighbor, for some reason, I mean, his neighbor is going to, going to make sure that his neighbor's hooked up, and there's going to be some sort of financial consideration involved or some sort of, you know, some sort of consideration involved. And so then all of a sudden you've made two criminals. And it shouldn't be that way. You know, I, I just I, I think that that the areas that are choosing not to allow people uh, easy access to a legal substance are making a mistake. Oh, completely agreed. And we'll be covering a lot of those uh, votes here in the state of Oregon among many of the votes nationwide in our marijuana election night coverage coming up Tuesday, November 8th here on CannabisRadio.com. And uh, Paul Steigletter is a speaker with Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. He's one of many that you can find all across the nation and around the world. Folks that will come to your local event, your uh, Rotary Club, whatever it might be, and talk to you with the experience and gravitas that only people involved in law enforcement can understand when it comes to the war on drugs. Paul, thanks for joining us here on the show, and uh, we appreciate the work you've been doing, and uh, keep it up. Well, thank you very much for that, Russ, and, and I'd be more than happy to come back and talk to you anytime because we've got some neat things coming up here or some really neat uh, possibilities here in the state of Oregon as far as uh, personal possession of controlled substances. So that's just a teaser. Give me a call back when we come on your show and we'll talk about that. Sounds great. Thank you, Paul, for everything you're doing, and uh, we will talk to you again sometime in the future. Sounds great. Thank you, sir. Have All a great right. day. You too. Have a great day. Thanks for calling in. Always great to talk to our friends from Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. Stay tuned, folks. We're coming back with the Radical Rant. We're going to tell you how Kevin Sabet's marijuana gummy bear propaganda stunt backfired spectacularly. And we'll follow that up with a live interview coming from Boston on the hero who made it all happen, Dr. Keith Saunders from Mass Can Normal. Oh, I can't wait for this one. Stay tuned. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. From dabs to chibas, sativas to indicas, we roll out a whole concentrate of fresh new content every week. It's like going from the greenhouse to the dispensary. CannabisRadio.com. While the feds and state are doing their dance, you still need to transact business and manage your cash. Go professional and let your customers pay with PayQuick. They pay you and they earn rewards points. PayQuick connects to your bank account for free and secures all of your transactions. And with PayQuick, you can pay your producers and processors for free. Plus, it pays to have it because it makes depositing your cash safe and so easy. No cops, no crooks, just compliance and comfort, knowing you have your cannabis business in check with PayQuick. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. 
I'm Radical Russ from the Russ Belleville Show. Senator Mark Madsen of Utah. Mark, welcome to the show. Everybody kind of turns a blind eye. They obviously have to go to some other state. Representative Lou Fredericks. We're going to get something on the order of nonviolent possession offenses. State Representative Kathy Tilton. Where does it go from personal use to commercial use? It's the Russ Belleville Show, the NPR of POT, weekdays live at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific, exclusively on CannabisRadio.com. This is the Russ Belleville Show, annoying Kevin Sabat since 2012. New beginner guitars and banjos are often constructed much better than ones built before your time. Why struggle? Get a new instrument or fix the old one. The trusted professionals at the Fingerboard Extension will evaluate your instrument for free. Repairs are priced for people who work for a living. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. must wage what I have called total war against public enemy number one. I support a change in law to end federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. That marijuana, pot, grass, whatever you want to call it, is probably the most dangerous drug. Some think there won't be room for them in jail. We'll make them. I experimented with marijuana a time or two, and I didn't like it and didn't inhale. One major responsibility is to encourage people to use less drugs. Entirely legitimate topic uh, for debate. Radical Rant. Oh, yeah. Today in the Radical Rant, I've got to tell you a tale that unfolded last night in Boston, Massachusetts. Of course, the state of Massachusetts is one of the five states voting on legal marijuana. Their vote is question four on the ballot. And there was a forum last night that was presented by the public education station there, a uh, public uh, television station there, WGBH. Uh, it was called The Citizen's Choice, Legalizing Recreational Marijuana. And it was all about Massachusetts question four. And there was five panelists there, uh, included Madeline Martinez, our friend and the founder of Oregon Normal, Normal board member and uh, head of the world famous Cannabis Cafe. Uh, there was an expert there from uh, Denver, I think, from their health department to offer statistics and so forth. But, of course, the man of the hour was Kevin Sabet, who was there. He was one of the panelists that was predicting dire consequences if Massachusetts passes legalization. The uh, so-called quarterback of the anti-legalization movement and the head of Project Sam, the anti-legalization group, uh, was doing his typical show, uh, trying to scare the hell out of everyone regarding legalization. And then a funny thing happened. And you can uh, go to weednews.co if you want to see the entire video. Uh, it's an hour and a half uh, panel that they had. And you can find Kevin Sabet's actions happening at 33 minutes and 21 seconds. At that point in the video, Kevin Sabet confesses to possessing criminal amounts of a marijuana-infused product in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, assuming he is not a registered medical marijuana patient. What happened is that uh, Kevin uh, was trying to make the point that legalization would lead to medicated candy being eaten by kids who would then go to the emergency rooms. And to make his point, he pulled out two bags, two clear standard sandwich bags, not even the Ziploc kind, right? Just two clear baggies, 
One filled with round candies. They look like those chewy kind of sour candies, you know, multicolored round candies. And the other one was filled with gummy bears. And in this, uh, in this uh, display, he held the two bags up to the audience. And this is being televised. And that's when he said the following. And I brought some props, if that's okay. I think parents should ask themselves whether they can tell which bag of candy here is marijuana and which one isn't. You're not going to do the Skittles. Thing, well, right? I, you can try them if you want, Jim, but maybe afterwards. Um, if you can tell, if you can't tell, which you probably can't, I bet you your kid can't tell either. When these things are lying around, the reason the emergency room admissions in Colorado for kids under five, and I don't think Andrew would dispute this, is, are, are, has gone up significantly, more, you know, doubled, is because these kinds of things are lying around. They're marketed of course they're marketed to young people, and young people are ingesting them. They are essentially, again, one of them is real, one of them isn't. They are the, the real candy here simply sprayed with THC, and there's no way to tell the difference. And that's what Massachusetts voters are voting on. I don't care if an adult wants to smoke marijuana. They shouldn't go to prison for it either. But do you really want to legalize these? I'm not even sure normal wants to do that. I mean, this, this is for people who want to make a ton of money in Massachusetts. They don't make it by selling joints to baby boomers or 65 and older. I hate to break it to you. They make it by making these candies and making them available you to the young all right, so that's Kevin Sabet yesterday at the WGBH uh, Marijuana Legalization Forum holding up two baggies of candy and saying, quote, uh, ask, parents should ask themselves whether they can tell which bag of candy here is marijuana and which one isn't. And he followed that up. He said it again. He says, they are essentially, again, one of them is real and one of them isn't. Twice on television, Kevin Sabet admitted to holding at least one bag of what he claimed to be a marijuana-infused candy product in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Furthermore, insinuated that it was a bag of candies that one would acquire legally in Colorado because he kept making all the points about the emergency admissions in Colorado and the kids in Colorado. Here's the problem for Kevin is that while Massachusetts decrimmed less than an ounce of weed in 2012, the bag of gummies Sabet was holding certainly contained more than an ounce. And the allegedly THC-laced gummy bears aren't classified as Class D drugs by Massachusetts like pot is. No, they're classified as tetrahydrocannabinols. This is where they, this is where they prosecute hash extracts, concentrates, and presumably edibles made with hash extracts or oils. Those tetrahydrocannabinols are class C drugs in the Commonwealth. So the, the penalties are greater. Possession of that much THC-laced candy in Massachusetts is a crime, punishable by a $1,000 fine and one year in prison. That is, if he was telling the truth. It's possible that Kevin Sibet was lying. Maybe both of the bags of candy were untainted. Well, if so, at the very least, he asked the audience a trick question, and that's intellectually dishonest. How can we possibly tell which bag is the infused one when neither of them are infused? 
But on the worst case scenario, he also may have committed a crime because possessing a non-drug item and falsely claiming that it is a drug is a crime called counterfeit substance. This is the statute that gets used when uh, someone tries to sell flour and claim that it's ecstasy or, you know, the old one where they try to sell oregano and claim that it's a bag of marijuana. Counterfeit substances like plain old gummy bears claimed to be infused with drugs. Well, regardless of whether he was lying or whether he's uh, committing crimes, Sabet's warnings about the stoners carelessly leaving a bunch of THC-laced gummy bears just lying around came back to bite him in the ass because he left his bag of gummies on the table during the meet and greet after the event concluded, and when he returned, they disappeared. This is the report from uh, the Boston Pot Report last night. Quote, just got back from the WGBH panel on legalizing marijuana in mass. Kevin Sabet, the former mini-me to a handful of drug czars, brought a couple of big, more than one ounce bags of candy and challenged the audience to tell which one was infused with cannabis. After his puppy and pony show trick, I saw him looking around nervously saying, Someone stole the edibles. End quote. Now, Sabet knowingly left gummies lying around, medicated gummies lying around where the public can swipe them. That possession of a bag of Class C drugs could become distribution of Class C drugs. And that's a felony in Massachusetts worth a $5,000 fine and five years in prison. And not to mention all the federal drug charges he could be facing, especially if he brought the gummies in from out of state. He was talking about the gummies in Colorado, after all. And God forbid if it was a youngster who got his hands on the medicated gummy bears and then ends up in the emergency room. Because then Sibet might also be facing a child endangerment charge. Now, fortunately, no children were harmed. Thanks to the quick thinking of MassCan Normals and National Normals, Dr. Keith Saunders, who was attending the event at WGBH, who noticed at the end of the event, as Sabet and the rest of the panels were mingling around in the audience, that the uh, two bags of candy were still sitting unattended at the table. And then he swiped the unattended bags of candy. <laughs> he tweeted it out earlier uh, today, a couple hours ago, picture of himself holding the two bags, asking, hey, Kevin Sabet, are these your missing bags of medicated candy? And we shall soon see if Kevin Sabet was smuggling Class C tetrahydrocannabinols through Massachusetts or just lying to the voters to scare them about question four. Because Saunders is taking the items to a testing lab this weekend to determine their THC content. <laughs> oh, I just love this story. The guy who complains about stoners leaving a bunch of medicated candies all around the place that kids might get into. Left a bunch of medicated candies lying around the place that kids might get into. These days, we responsible adult marijuana consumers are losing the gummy bear from our cannabis menu. A lot of these legal states, Colorado and Washington so far, setting strict 
strict regulations on the shape, color, and packaging of THC-infused treats that make marijuana gummy bears illegal. And on top of that, we're told in all these mandated warnings to keep these items in opaque, childproof containers out of kids' reach, not some clear plastic baggie without labeling on it. It's a damn shame that Kevin Sabet is less diligent in his gummy bear protocol than the vast majority of cannabis consumers in the four legal marijuana states. Stay tuned. Keith Saunders, the Gummy Bear Swiper, is on with us live in the next hour. For everyone here at CannabisRadio.com, I'm Radical Russ. Thanks for joining us, and until next time, take care of each other, tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down super. Now it's time for Toker Talk Radio, the voice of the marijuana nation. What are you people? On dope? Where you can tow. I am here. Or you can talk. I experimented with marijuana and didn't inhale. Or you can talk and talk. Ten federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. While we talk about toke on Toker Talk Radio. So by the way, when it comes to pot, you know, if you're 40 years old, you live in a log cabin in Oregon, you got 12 giant pot plants in your backyard, have a ball. Live from beautiful Poplin, Oregon at Rolla J Studios. Plus your calls live at 971-533-7111. They're walking on their pants with their cap on backwards, listening to the end of a man, the Snoopy Snoopy Poop Dog. What's to keep somebody from getting all potted up on weed and then getting behind the wheel? Gateway theory doesn't work. It's a reality. Holland, is it real? Don't tease me. We're locking up people that take a couple of puffs of marijuana, and, and the, the next thing you know, they got 10 years. And now, here's your host, the guru of Gonta Graphics, the sultan of Sativa Statistics, and the worst nightmare of a reefer-mad prohibitionist. A polite, perspicacious, productive pothead with a propensity for PowerPoint. Radical Russ Belleville. Welcome, 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 folks. Time for Toker Talk Radio. Phone lines are open at uh, 650-LEGAL-MJ. 650-LEGAL-MJ. That's 650-534-2565. Oh, boy, I'm telling you, this Kevin Sabet story is blowing up. Gotten inquiries from uh, Tom Angel over there at uh, Marijuana Majority, Marijuana.com. Uh, Danny Danko at High Times is on the story. And uh, Christopher Ingram from the Washington Post writes the Washington Post wonk blog is incredulous over the story. Can't believe it. So we'll see if he gets something written up 
perhaps for uh, Friday's Washington Post. It's going to be pretty cool. And uh, stay with us because when we get into the next segment, uh, just a few minutes away here, we're going to be speaking live with Dr. Kevin Saunders, a board member with MassCan Normal and a board member with National Normal. And he is the hero who swiped Kevin Sabet's unattended bag of THC-infused marijuana gummy bears so that we can have them tested in a Massachusetts testing lab to determine whether or not Kevin Sabet broke Massachusetts law and federal law and uh, committed all sorts of drug crimes in his stupid marijuana gummy bears stunt. Uh, the story is up at weednews.com. I've got the updates. I got the videos. I got all sorts of shareable memes that I worked on all late last night. Please pass those along. Uh, the folks, the IT folks at weednews.co tell me the, uh, the servers are blowing up. The traffic's off the charts on this one. This could be one of the big stories that uh, helps to dethrone Kevin Sabet to weaken his credibility in the eyes of the public. And I couldn't be more thrilled. Big thanks. Dr. Keith. As we were discussing this online, Bill Piper uh, chimed in online. He's uh, Bill Piper used to work for, uh, I believe it was MPP, or was it DPA? One or the other. But uh, good guy, longtime reformer, uh, very pro. And uh, he counseled us on Twitter briefly uh, about uh, wishing Sabet to be incarcerated or arrested over this issue. And, and I have to concur. Uh, my morality is such that I could never take any positive action that leads to, that directly leads to the imprisonment of a human being over their personal use of drugs so long as it's harming no one else. Can't do it. Even Kevin Sabet does not deserve a cage over marijuana gummy bears. I know people are like, oh, the hypocrite, he should, he, should, he should experience what we have to experience and double standard and the privilege and all that. I, I completely agree with all those sentiments, but I still, I, I can't stoop to the level of the prohibitionist and wish a human being to be caged over their personal decision to enhance their consciousness and their physicality through the use of a substance that's harming no one else. So I can't even wish that for Kevin Smith. However, however. I will ride this story to the top of the internet search engines. I will spread it far and wide. I will mercilessly continue to mock and disparage and degrade every argument put forth by Kevin Sabet that demands that you and I continue to be treated as criminals for our cannabis use, that you and I deserve some sort of mandated rehab if uh, we happen to get caught with it. I will never stop doing that. Kevin Sabet is the Joker to my Batman, and uh, I am enjoying today more than you could possibly imagine. We're back with Dr. Kevin Saunders right after this. Stay tuned. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Legal to listen to all over the world. We're just not sure about France. Cannabisradio.com. 
The cannabis industry is growing. Business is booming. And as new opportunities arise in newly legalized states, each market is getting more competitive. Today, it takes more than just being a good grower. Do you have the resources to market and handle this ever-changing business landscape? Let Canna Management Corporation help you grow your canna business with our vast resources and experience to make your business a fully functional service company. Financial management, HR, sales, marketing, efficiency, and more. CMC has the experience and the expertise to improve your business and help you better meet the demands of your clients and customers. Call Canna Management Corporation and let our team get you ready to grow. 415-269-8015. That's 415-269-8015. Or visit canna-management.com. I'm Radical Russ from the Russ Belleville Show. Washington, it has passed. Uh, the, uh, the news organizations are calling it. Tell everybody in the red states how great legal weed is. It's the Russ Belleville Show, the NPR of POT, weekdays live at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific, exclusively on CannabisRadio.com. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com, where we don't change our mind on decriminalization during an election year. Hey everybody, it's Radical Russ here from 420 Radio, inviting you to be like me and get your ink done at Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo, Fort Worth's most female-friendly, clean, sterile, awesome tattoo shop. Thomas and his crew are true artists who can design you a custom piece or use a design you bring in. Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo also offers all styles of tattooing as well as piercings and all-around fun. In the DFW area, stop by Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo and tell them Radical Russ sent you. Trust me, it'll feel awesome. Hello, Mr. Man. Hi. I'm doing, I'm, I'm working. I'm sorry. No food till this is done. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everybody. It's, uh, what is it, 10 after the hour here. And uh, just, I got so many things I'm having to fix here to make sure that uh, I can be heard over there in uh, Boston. We've got... Uh, Dr. Keith Saunders on the line from MassCan Normal. Are you hearing me okay, uh, Keith? I'm hearing just fine, Russ. Go ahead and uh, kill your camera so we'll save some bandwidth that way because we are a radio show. Despite your uh, stunning good looks, uh, it's not going to help us. Thank you so much. So I've been uh, filling the audience in on the basics of the story that Kevin Sabet showed up at this forum. He pulled a propaganda stunt with a couple of bags of candy. Uh, He claimed one of them was THC infused. He left them on the table, turned away. And the next thing he knows, uh, they're missing. And you're the man to blame. So give us your perspective. Oh. How, how did how'd this all go down? Uh, well, all I know is that somebody that I know has Kevin Sabet's candies. Aha. Fantastic. <laughs> I, I was in attendance for the evening. I had a great time. Very well informed. It was a stack panel. 
there were uh, a couple of antis, and then there were two, I'm on the fences, and I'm on science. And I, I have to say, the folks from Colorado, the Colorado director of the Colorado program, as well as the doctor who was doing research, were very fair in their assessments. And they did counter Mr. Sabat regularly and often, as is the case. And... Um, Everything went well. Um, at some point in time, uh, those candies were unsecured, and they are have been uh, put into my possession and then transferred into somebody else's possession here in Massachusetts, who, because of you know how it works with cannabis, friends have have friends and friends of friends um, have testing labs, and they have the ability to determine whether there or not. THC or CBD or THCHV or THCO, all sorts of stuff. We can test this thing to to the nth degree. Fantastic. Uh, this is amazing. Yes. So uh, uh, give us the, the feel for the event. I mean, I, I've seen Kevin at numerous events. I've actually debated him at one. And it, I think video doesn't quite capture the feel of the room. Like, are were people buying any of his bullshit? Were there obvious uh, disgruntled oh, he, people? He has sycophants, and he employs them. And he employs them as he may obtain them. But by and large, his presentation is without much merit and without much science. And when challenged by facts, he retreats back into hyperbole and fear-mongering. Uh, we were told that we were going to have kids smoking pot at the bus stop. And um, that was refuted immediately by the director of the Colorado program, who said that, no, we actually have seen a decline in use, youth, use rates. It's uh, It's the same old story, same old song and dance. He's marching out the puppy and the pony. And it's kind of like somebody trying to sell you, I don't know, uh, timeshares and some <laughs> type of bad condo. <laughs> uh, so the video is available through WGBH. We've got it posted out at weednews.co, and you can watch the whole thing. Kevin's uh, gummy bear stunt happens oh. about 33 minutes and 21 seconds into the video. Uh, <laughs> as, I, as I watched toward the end of the video, it showed the, the, the thing kind of winding down and the panel is starting to get up. But uh, can, you, can you describe? Describe what happened after the, the panel concluded, and particularly Kevin Sabet's reaction when he realizes his gummies are gone. Well, he was circulating among the crowd. I mean, apparently he said he, he had two, two, two plastic bags, um, you know, the Ziploc type of, type of bags, um, that he claimed that one of them had infused THC products in them and the other one didn't. And uh, he presented them to the audience. He made a big show about it. He then put them down and then picked them up and presented them to Madeline Martinez, a fellow normal board member, both bags, claiming that one of them had THC in them and uh, took them back from her and put them back on, on, on the dais and it was circulating after the whole thing, the event was happening, and the next thing I know, I'm standing in the area, and somebody hands me and says, these are Kevin Sabat's bags. <laughs> and, 
oh and i looked to the area where he had put them and there was nothing there so and they looked very much like the ones that he had so i said okay well it looks very much like the ones that he had and then later a few minutes later just a few like one or two i heard him talking about somebody took my 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 candies my edibles the edibles, and uh, he's concerned about them. He was looking around for them. He asked for somebody to provide him with video that he might find. And I, believe it or not, Russ, I found out tonight that a Fox 25 News Boston reporter has contacted a third party who had um, been in attendance, and she was asking. She says she has video of somebody taking that stuff that looks a lot like me. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen the video, but um, I mean, I I'm a white man. I'm about six feet tall. I have brown hair, brown eyes. Uh, I'm not. I mean, if if she can identify me by my clothing or some other type of identifiable characteristic, then sure, I'll cop to it. Um, but uh, what I know is that Kevin Sabet claimed to have presented more than an ounce of activated THC-infused product that he held in his hands and said that he challenged us to find which one had THC and which one didn't. And I have those. And so <laughs> I am taking them to a testing lab in Massachusetts that tests for the labs in Massachusetts, for the growth sites in Massachusetts, licensed in Massachusetts to test such things. And I'm not going to name them right now. They might want to be affiliated, but they might not. I understand completely. But regardless, we're going to find out whether there are any THC, you know, molecules inside of that product. And <laughs> if so, I think that um, Mr. Sabet deserves to explain to the people of Massachusetts why he either imported them and violated federal law or why he violated Massachusetts law and obtained well more, I mean, uh, I've, I've touched them both, well more than an ounce, which is above the decriminalization measure in Massachusetts, or why it was that he was falsely presenting that he was proffering cannabis products that did not have any cannabis in them, but that doesn't matter. In fact, the funny thing is, if I have one ounce, just under one ounce of pure THC in Massachusetts, I have a $100 fine. It will be confiscated from me, and there will be no record after I pay it. Everything will be okay. But what Mr. Sabet, Dr. Sabet, did is he procured more than one ounce, and that doesn't apply. He is a, um, he's committed a misdemeanor at the very least, and it actually, by passing those materials to Madeline Martinez, my fellow board member at Normal, both bags, one of which he claimed had THC, one of which he says doesn't. But regardless, he claimed one of them has THC. He committed a felony. But I don't want to see anybody arrested for marijuana offenses. So I am going to be I'm going to be a better man than Doctor Sabet. 
I'm going to be a better man, and I'm going to say he doesn't deserve to be arrested for his transgression, for his willful disobedience of the law. I would just say that if he continues to attempt to persecute those of us who do things that he claimed he did, he deserves to be treated to the fullest extent of punishment possible, including, oh, solitary confinement, um, restrictions on communications, the worst things that we've ever done to anybody that has ever done anything with regard to marijuana law. He deserves that because, well, you know, he thought it wasn't a problem. He thought the law doesn't apply to him. And he wants it to be applied to other people. Yeah, yeah. It, it's an amazing story. We've got the video, the transcripts, and some shareable memes posted up at weednews.co. Check those out. And uh, Kevin Saunders from Mascan Normal, thanks for doing this. Thanks for alerting us to the story. And uh, make sure you keep us apprised as to what happens with the testing. It's Keith Saunders, Russ. <laughs> I'm sorry? What did I say? You, you, you called me a different person who was out in California. Oh, oh sh- Sorry about that. Not that guy. Keith Saunders. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, there's three right, different man. Sean McAllisters, too. It's not easy. <laughs> uh, thank- my friend. Uh, hey, we, we have the same enemy, and the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and you and I have always been friends, so uh, we're good. Thank you so much, uh, Keith. Appreciate it so much, and it was a great time out at the Boston Freedom Rally last weekend. Thanks for all you do. Well, thank you, Russ. Boot to the head. All right, folks, that sound means that you just got a boot to the head because it's 420 here in the Pacific time zone. Time for us to take our union mandated safety briefing. When we come back, we'll discuss this Sabet gummy gate just a little bit more. Plus, I've got some other stories to tell you about. We've got uh, the International Cannabis Business Conference taking place in Vancouver. Alex Rogers joins us to discuss that next. Being green is good. Growing green is good. Making green is great. CannabisRadio.com Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. About a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Hey, this is Willie Nelson for Normal. And I smoke pot and I like it a lot. I learned a long time ago that marijuana is a lot safer than alcohol. There's nothing wrong with the responsible use of marijuana by adults. It's time we stopped arresting and started respecting those who smoke marijuana responsibly. To learn what you can do to help, contact Normal at NORML.org or call toll-free 888-67-NORMAL. The Russ Belleville Show reminds you to never smoke and drive impaired. Hang out for a while and share. 
When you are starting up a medical cannabis business, you want a fired-up lawyer who understands the needs of cannabis consumers. The Law Office of Lauren Vasquez is your fired-up lawyer for the cannabis industry. Visit her website, fireduplawyer.com, or call 1-855-MMJ-LAWS for more information. That's 855-665-5297 for Lauren Vasquez, your fired-up lawyer, or email fireduplawyer at gmail.com. Mark Twain once said that when there's a gold rush, it's a good time to be in the pick and shovel business. Today, we look at the rapidly evolving markets in the marijuana green rush in our Cannabis Chronicles. In our continuing coverage of the cannabis community, we, of course, are focusing on all of the major events that are taking place across the nation. But now we get to take a look at some of the events that are taking place around the globe. We're joined by Alex Rogers. He's the executive producer of the International Cannabis Business Conference that is going international this October. And uh, welcome, Alex. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, Russ. Good to be here, man. So we've uh, been a part of the International Cannabis Business Conferences uh, before. They've always been rousing successes uh, in San Francisco and Portland. This uh, next October, we've got the uh, first International Cannabis Business Conference taking place outside of the United States in Vancouver, British Columbia. Tell people the dates and times and give us a little preview of what we can expect. Yeah, it's uh, October 13th and 14th at the downtown Hyatt Regency in Vancouver. Um, We're really excited uh, because uh, we named ourselves the International Cannabis Business Conference years ago with the idea that uh, we would one day go international. And I didn't know how soon that would happen, but uh, it happened sooner than I had thought, which I, which was, uh, which made me really happy. I mean, when, when Trudeau became uh, prime minister of Canada, uh, basically that was, uh, we had, we were, we were, gonna, we were thinking Berlin was going to be our first uh, 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 international endeavor, but then uh, it, uh, Trudeau came uh, prime minister and we kind of, we kind of snuck, pushed, snuck that one in there and uh, just uh, really excited about it because I was actually just in Canada a few uh, days ago, and um, uh, it's going off up there, and it's so amazing what's happening up there. And I don't think a lot of people in the States know uh, what's going on in Canada, and they they really shouldn't know necessarily. It's, 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 it's insanely convoluted, you know, like every, you know, respective place in America is, and uh, it's, it, but it's insanely going off their laws are just not as codified up there yet people are still doing business and pushing the envelope so i guess in canada 90 uh, implementation definitely is 90 percent of uh, the law but uh, the show we're gonna have a lot of great people we're gonna have gabor matei he's canadian's uh, uh kind of folk hero for harm reduction and 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 an absolute world leader on harm reduction and he's keynoting the first day uh, we have brendan kennedy from privateer keynoting the second day and we've got uh, Tommy Chong and Ed Rosenthal. And we're really excited about Tommy. We work with Tommy a lot, but uh, this one's particularly interesting in that uh, Tommy grew up in Vancouver, and uh, he's coming home. And uh, part of the interview we do with, or a big part of the interview we do with Tommy is about uh, him uh, growing up in Vancouver. So we've got 
Oh, that's going to be excellent to hear Tommy uh, coming from his hometown. It's going to be a great show, the International Cannabis Business Conference. The website is internationalcbc.com if you're looking for some info. So uh, being held in Vancouver, of course, there's going to be some focus on Canada and its emerging industries, both medical and the soon-to-be recreational, once uh, Trudeau's government manages to get that uh, taken care of. But we've also got the biggest marijuana election in our lifetime happening here in the United States with five states voting on legalization and four voting on medical marijuana. Will folks attending the conference also be able to get some information on what's happening in the U.S.? Well, we'll definitely be talking about California. Um, We'll also be talking about the U.S. in general. Uh, We have Aaron Smith from uh, NCIA coming up to speak and... uh, uh, I think uh, Aaron has a lot of great information of what's going on federally uh, with uh, the United States also. So we'll be talking about California. We'll be talking about federal uh, legislation for cannabis in, in the U.S. and a little bit about uh, Colorado and uh, Oregon also and Washington. Excellent. So kind of a, a, a look forward to the big industry that will be happening in California and kind of a update on what's happening in the current legal industries in the United States, if I'm getting that correct, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And also the, the, the symbiosis uh, between those. I think a lot of times we discount Canada, and I think a lot of times they try to discount us. Uh, and uh, and we look at each other as kind of these separate uh, entities doing somewhat similar things. But I think in a lot of regards, uh, we're more connected than we think, and I think there's a lot of crossover. And speaking of uh, crossover, uh, you know, there's going to be a time one day where, where the borders come down with cannabis, and, and I think a lot of people are positioning self, themselves uh, in that regard. Yeah, it's, it's quite amazing. When you look at the map, you could drive yourself all the way down from uh, the top of Alaska through British Columbia, down the west coast of America. And with Mexico looking at decriminalization, you could make it almost all the way to the equator and still be in a somewhat legal marijuana jurisdiction. Uh, with that in mind, uh, is there going to be some coverage or discussion of the international issues with respect to the U.N. and, and treaties, for that matter? This sure is that we have uh, our we our first uh, panel after uh, Gabor keynotes is the, our international panel, and I'm ex- uh, I'm extremely excited about it. Uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of different countries' respective legalization. You know, it's funny, Russ, because uh, you mentioned the UN treaties, and there were, of course there was the UNIGAS uh, UNGAS uh, a few months ago, which was a complete disappointment, but. You know, I travel around the world a lot. I talk to people from out of country a lot. And uh, every time I was out of the States, let's say in, 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 in Europe, uh, everybody was uh, everybody was talking about the UNGAS and what the, you know, and our laws and how this is, the UNGAS is going to affect our laws. Well, I thought that was really strange because in in the United States, nobody cares what the UN decides, you know, so to speak. Uh, it's it's just not on our radar because we don't adhere to any decisions anyway, and we make and we're the majority decider. Also, those two are the obvious reasons. But when you go out of the country, you, you hear how much people care about uh, 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 the UN's decision on drug policy and, and how important that is in terms of the, the the historical treaties and the pressure that America, that the United States has historically put on countries. Uh, in terms of uh, all types of things, financial funding, uh, uh, la-da-dee-da. 
the irony is that America or the United States is now <laughs> leading the same, uh, uh, you know, fight that we started 40, 50 years ago. And uh, uh, that's the one reason that they, the, I tell the other countries when they're saying, oh, well, it depends what the U.N. says, blah, 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 I say, uh, no, I reckon not. It depends what America does, what the states do. And, uh, you know, because we, how are we going to be credible in, in adhering to certain treaties when, when you know, it's not just that we're not participating in it, but uh, quite the antithesis. Yeah, good point. Uh, it's the International Cannabis Business Conference. The website's internationalcbc.com if you want to follow along. Vancouver, British Columbia, October 13th and 14th. And, uh, Alex, one of the things I always appreciate about the International Cannabis Business Conference is that it's not just about business, but you do a really good job uh, bringing the culture and the ethos of the cannabis community to some of these business people that are jumping into it that really don't understand that it's not like any other commodity. It's got a history. It's got a culture. It's got people that believe in it as sacrament or medicine. Uh, expand on that a little bit. Tell folks how ICBC differs from some of these other cannabis uh, conferences that are aimed at business. Uh, yeah, that's a good question, uh, Russ. Uh, yeah, we're unique in a few ways. Uh, we're definitely, uh, we definitely bring a lot of advocacy to, to what we do. Uh, the narrative of our conference is everybody wants to make money, and everybody should make money, but just don't be a jerk about it. And, uh, you know, try to not just conform to the American business narrative and have a little more conscious uh, behavior as you're doing business. You know, we thought when we <laughs> when I was working with Jack Hare and Dennis Perone and Debbie Goldsberry and Ed Rosenthal back in the early mid-'90s, uh, I always thought when, if cannabis was uh, legal, you know, that, that when that whenever that time was, you know, as a young man, but I, we thought it was going to be like Star Trek. We thought the whole world would be different uh, when cannabis would be legal. Well, of course, that's not true. And, of course, cannabis is being usurped by the American business narrative. Uh, however, we do our little part to to uh, make sure that uh, the, 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 the downward slide into that, uh, you know, cesspool of ethos is, is mitigated at least a bit uh, by some of our messaging and art. We're also unique in, in the way that uh, we're, we're the only real informational con conference, and there's other information at conferences, but we're primarily an informational event, uh, uh, and we only have a small expo, a boutique expo. So we, we hold crowds uh, very well, and I'm really proud of that. And uh, we're also unique in that we're the only international conference. We're the only conference that has multiple dates set in, in multiple different countries. But we push the advocacy. You know, it's all about, for me, uh, uh, you know, the narrative that I start every conference out uh, with whatever country or place we're in is that everybody – it uh, doesn't matter how the bureaucrats screw up the, the, the rules and regulations. What's important is that everybody has the right to have a home garden, that, we, that every respective area uh, uh, fights for or country fights for that, and that criminal penalties are ended, are reduced and eventually ended uh, towards cannabis. So if, if criminal penalties are ended, and, and then, then if somebody is, uh, is operating, Outside the, the the construct of whatever regulatory structure was set up by said body, um, it's a it's a it's a fine and not a crime. So you know, but not paying your taxes and money laundering laundering will always be a crime. But let's take the crime out of cannabis. 
and let's have everyone have their uh, own personal garden. Therefore, no matter what happens with the rules and regulations, everybody has their own personal garden, and criminal penalties are ended towards cannabis. So that's the prize, and 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 we've got eyes, and so we're, 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 that's that's what we espouse to, and that'll probably be what we you know we're we're, we're saying until all criminal penalties are, are ended across the world. So whether that happens in our lifetime, Russ, I don't know, but uh, uh, we're going to push for it. And as we can see in Oregon, uh, after legalization happened, some people didn't want it, some people did, but the folk, the, what, what's undeniable about it is that uh, since then, uh, criminal penalties have been reduced, and even the Multnomah DA has done things like drop cases that aren't that don't even fall under the realm of the said just one ounce legalization, but seen insipid after the fact. So uh, this is really important stuff, and I'm glad you brought it up uh, because uh, we're we definitely come from a radical activist point of view. Uh, we've definitely had to compromise since then a, a bit, and I think that's for the good. Uh, but those two uh, mantras, home garden and end criminal penalties, are uh, uh, w- what we're pushing hard. There's a ton of information, lots of networking to be done at the International Cannabis Business Conference, October 13th and 14th in Vancouver, B.C. Check out internationalcbc.com for more details. And uh, speaking of details, it's not all just the uh, work. We have some play as well. Tell folks about the uh, social events that you have planned. Well, we're definitely known for our uh, awesome parties. Uh, We have a great party, after party. Uh, What we do, we always include the after party free with the ticket. Tickets aren't cheap, so uh, it's an accoutrement of sort for for everyone. And uh, we're not clicky, so we like to have everybody involved. Therefore, we give the after party to every single person that buys a uh, a ticket. And, yeah, for the first day, it's going to be a party with Tommy Chong and – got some great DJs from Vancouver, local DJs coming up, and uh, uh, we're really going to uh, let loose after a somewhat uh, uh, cerebral day. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. I tell you, I've been at all of them, and uh, as Andrew Sullivan once said, best conference ever. Uh, I encourage you all to check it out, internationalcbc.com. Alex Rogers is the executive producer. Uh, Alex, thanks for joining us, and uh, last word, anything else you want to tell folks? I just want to say, you know, uh, when you come to the ICBC, you know, we're as much of a show as we are a conference. So uh, uh, there's not too many dry moments, and uh, we like to entertain but keep people's uh, attention. Uh, uh, We like to educate but keep people's attention uh, by by a lot of entertainment, which seems to make the education that much more uh, fruitful. So uh, just uh, just wanted to say that, and I want to say uh, thanks to you, Russ, and all your good work too, bro. Oh, thank you so much, Alex Rogers from International Cannabis Business Conference. Log on to internationalcbc.com. Get your tickets today, and uh, we'll see you all in Vancouver, October 13th and 14th. Thanks, Alex, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks, man. All right, we'll be at the International Cannabis Business Conference in Vancouver, B.C., uh, bringing you some interviews and coverage of the event. Stay tuned. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Cannabis use isn't the only thing growing. So are we. Grow with us. CannabisRadio.com. 
play as Ted Growing, expelled botany sophomore and the biggest grower in town, only on Weed Firm Replanted. Available on the App Store and Google Play. It's a lot of work being the biggest grower in town. Maintaining a room full of plants while dealing with a slew of eccentric customers, from a hardcore partier to the curious neighbor next door. Is anybody home? Help me expand my bud business by unlocking new strains, customizing my grow room, and completing challenges that you can't get enough of. Grow your empire so big you can see it from space. Low on funds? Don't worry. Weed Firm Replanted is free to download. Download Weed Firm Replanted for free on the App Store and Google Play today. Get growing, Mr. Growing. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Candid. I want to give you the inside story. Captivating. I want to introduce you to my kind and amazingly talented friends. Compelling. We get to meet some of the most amazing cannabis activists and warriors around. Listen in as medical marijuana pioneer Dr. Dina shares never-before-heard stories, chats with cannabis insiders and celebrity friends, and provides invaluable perspective and insight into one of the fastest-growing industries in the world. I want to share with you what was once confidential information. Let's expose the truth, discuss the issues, and learn the facts. Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. Remember, friends, there's more to life than marijuana. Dyke. Just can't remember what it is. Why'd I come in here? This is the Rush Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Damn! My apologies, listeners, those of you who are still out there. There I was, just minding my own business, cruising along, having a good old show, when all of a sudden the laptop just powered off, just went dark, just click everything just dark <laughs> did kevin sabet call in some favors from the nsa or something <laughs> did i piss off the wrong people <laughs> telling you folks i need a new laptop this is getting uh, ridiculous welcome back thanks for being here uh of course all day here We've been talking about uh, no it wasn't a battery issue uh hi in hawaii is asking no no i'm all plugged in all plugged in power. I've got surge suppressor. I've got all that. I think it's um, it's really software related. I get this from time to time on the laptop. Uh, conflicts between you know I've got so many USB devices plugged in and yeah, you know, just I just need a beefier laptop. That's all there is to it. But uh, this Kevin Sabet thing, man, it's taken off. The folks at uh, WeedNews.co are telling me the uh, traffic is off the charts on the site today as people are covering the story. There had been uh, some interest from uh, Christopher Ingraham, who writes the Wonk blog column out there at the Washington Post. He's the guy that's always bringing us the great studies and charts in the mainstream media that debunk all of these uh, scaremongering propaganda talking points from the prohibitionists. And uh, he's taken Sabet to task in the past as well. He's been pretty good at calling him calling him out on some of his more egregious statements. So I'll be looking forward to the Washington Post tomorrow. We'll see if we get any, uh, any bites there on the story. I'm, I'm excited. I'm hoping that we do. Uh, we were discussing this in the chat room, and uh, folks are saying, well, you know, this was really, you know, only significant if he was really carrying medicated gummy bears. Right? He said one bag was medicated, one bag wasn't. Uh, but he could have been lying. They could have both been 
unmedicated. They could have been both just plain old bags of candy. Here's why I lean toward, and this isn't uh, this isn't a, a clear distinction by any. It's like a sixty forty here, because <laughs> he could very well be lying. It's not beyond his ability. But uh, uh, I lean toward it being actual medicated gummy bears for a few clues. Uh, one is I get numerous reports from Facebook friends as we've been discussing this, people that are you know pretty well placed in the marijuana movement, who have commented on the fact that Kevin Sabet was part of one of these out-of-state legislative tours that went through uh, dispensaries in Colorado. He and some of the anti-pop people trying to collect evidence for how the sky is falling. And that during, one of the, during that trip to Colorado, uh, he was uh, picking up samples of the medicated candies to use in his presentations. And people that have seen his presentations since then have noted the photographs that he has of the various marijuana items that he acquired to add to his PowerPoint presentation. So he's got the, the, the uh, capability with the means, with the motive, means, and intent, right? So he's got the means to have gotten those gummies from Colorado. He's got the motive to do so because he wants to make this big, splashy visual point about the marijuana gummies being the worst possible outcome of marijuana legalization because all the kids will eat them and end up in the hospital. And the other, the other thing that convinces me is that twice he said it, right? He, he went out of his way to reiterate that one of the bags was quote-unquote real. And at the end of the event, when the bag was missing, he didn't, at least according to the reports I've heard, didn't seem to react like a man who had just lost a plain old bag of gummy bears that you could replace from the bulk bin at the local grocery. No, the panic that was described to me and his quote, somebody stole the edibles leads me to believe they were really medicated. And, and I could see a guy like Sibet well off and well connected like he is not even considering that what he was doing was a crime and a, a mark of rank hypocrisy. I can see him thinking of himself as exempt from that as not even considering the criminal aspect of it because why he's doing it for the right reasons and he's not going to actually eat the damn things and it's only for educational purposes and yeah I can I can see him doing that I can see him uh, having that kind of attitude but let's say we're wrong let's say they were uh unmedicated all the candies were unmedicated well even in that scenario this is kind of a blow to his credibility. I haven't been this excited since the 2014 October marijuana legalization debate on TV that happened here in Portland, Oregon, when one of the rehab doctors on the opposition side claimed that there had been five infant deaths from marijuana-infused edibles in Colorado. A A statement so egregiously false that not only did the audience call him out on it live, But uh, he had to issue a retraction to the Oregonian the next day when numerous outlets pointed out the factual error in his statement. And the the TV station ran a Chiron 
on the uh, they ran a little uh, label on the uh, broadcast when they showed it on the weekend, uh, stating at the point where he was making the lie, stating that it was a lie. I didn't say it in those many terms, but uh, in that many words, but that's what they did. That was the most excited I'd been previously to see a prohibitionist trip over their dick in some sort of televised debate. But this Kevin Sabet trip, oh, this Sabet gummy gate takes the cake because even if it wasn't real THC gummy bears, we've just, he's just taken a huge hit to his credibility. He's been exposed as someone willing to lie to an audience and, and put them through a, a trick question about which bag is the real one in order to further a scaremongering propaganda agenda. He's been exposed as someone with no scruples. I mean, we've known this for a long time, but this type of story to the general public is so clear, right? Anti-pot gummy bear guy loses pot gummy bears. Is, is pretty simple to follow, even if you're outside of the marijuana movement. It, it just ranks of hypocrisy. It, ra- it's, it, it reeks of hypocrisy. It, it, it ranks up there with uh, the, 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 the falls of the mighty, right? How the mighty have fallen. People love those kind of stories. And uh, for this to happen as it did on Wednesday night, for us to break the story on a Thursday, for it possibly to inch up into national mainstream recognition by Friday and to go through the entire weekend of people trading these memes and sharing these Facebook posts about them ah, just warms the cockles of my heart. All right, folks, that's all the time we got for today. Time flies when you legalize. We'll have more news and views that you can use for the cannabis community coming up tomorrow, Friday. Made it to the weekend, folks. Great guests coming on the show. We're continuing our preview of Marijuana Election Night 2016. And on Friday, we'll be talking with Kayvon Kalatbari from Denver's Social Use Initiative and Ryan Denham from Arkansas Medical Marijuana Issue 7. For everyone here at CannabisRadio.com, I'm Radical Russ. Thanks for listening. And until next time, take care of each other, tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth.